0: and then preach. Amen? So, let's go ahead and get in your Bibles. Go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 6. I do want to say Happy New Year. It is encouraging to be together and to be able to worship on New Year's Day. And I wanted to uh, just share, you know, how many of you guys had a good time celebrating the New Year coming in last night? I have a, we had a theme, as you can see, the title of today's lesson is Resolve to be a Favored Family. And if you're wondering, is that our new theme? No, we haven't come up with it yet. Dick gave us till tomorrow, so we have till tomorrow to get in our possible themes for the new year. But we're going to call today Resolve to be a Favored Family. So we can throw that as an option, a favored family. That could possibly be a theme option for the year. We'll wait till the lesson's over, though. And then you'll decide if you, if you like that or not. Um, but I did want to, uh, to share, you know, it's, uh, it's encouraging because um, David Molina is in here from Fresno. And we already said Sam's in here from San Diego. And it's good to have some of the students coming from different ministries back in to, uh, for a little encouragement. But uh, we had a great time last night. If You can see some pictures. We had a, a theme called Shine Like a Star. And uh, if you can get those pictures... See that, that? See that right there? That's Stephen. That's Stephen's star right there. Stephen from the Bible. That's his star, you know, in the walk of all the stars, you know. And so this is me and Steve Lonsberry. We're good friends, and uh, we wanted to make sure we got a picture by the star. Amen. Uh, my wife said she wanted to take a little higher, so she's the star by Jesus. Amen. <laughs> but uh, we had an incredible time for the campus having this Hollywood shine like a the star theme, and it was really exciting. It was just like like stars and and. You know, I had the, the star. You get the idea. Anyways, it's a lot of fun. And uh, if I didn't notice this, but no, no, go back. Hold up. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, easy, tiger. There's a little star right there behind Jesus, and that star is, uh, it says Noah. And ironically enough, we're going to talk about Noah today. Amen? Um, this next picture, don't turn there yet. Whoa. This is, uh, let me make a disclaimer. I didn't know this was happening. And this, you know, when you got the holidays, your kids start to do things you don't expect them to do, alright? And you're going, I'm glad they're not leading the, the marriage and family ministry anymore. Glad we hired someone new. Even though Reuben and Deanna didn't know where their kids were, um, we won't talk about that. We at least learned that they're, uh, that they are at least with grandparents. Amen? But, Here's something that my son came up with while I was preparing the sermon, and maybe you can take a look at it. He's planking, see? He's planking on the roof of my house on the chimney. Now, if you know anything about planking, it's, it's more about where you do it than it is anything else. And uh, so I was preparing my lesson. My son's like, Dad, I gotta show you this picture. I gotta show you this picture. Like, Son, I'm preparing my sermon. But Dad, you gotta see this picture. And I was like, Okay. So he showed me this picture of this long distance. You could hardly see anything with my house. And then he zoomed it in and got this picture. And then I was like, Is that you? He's like, Yeah, that's me. So I meant to talk to the elders before I showed this picture. Amen. But um, keep in mind. I did not approve of that, and so, although I did have to admit it, it was kind of funny, especially now that he's safe and all that, right? Um, if you would have looked back earlier, if you go to that first slide, the first one, resolve to be a favorite family. You, maybe you can't tell, but this is, this is like a family picture book right here, okay? And today I want to talk about family, and so we're going to be looking through the family picture book. And, uh, and we're going to talk about being a family. In Genesis chapter 6, if we can go ahead and skip now to the fifth slide, that would be great. In Genesis chapter 6, we're going to talk about a family that withstood many challenges that other families did not withstand. In Genesis chapter 6... Let me just give you a quick intro, and I'll, I'm going to try to go quick because this is going to be a very short lesson based on the time that we have uh, spent together today. Amen? Genesis 1, we see how God set out to create the heavens and the earth. And in verse 31, God saw what he had made, and he said it was very good. In Genesis chapter 2, God created Adam and Eve, and he outlined God's plan for man and women in marriage and family. In Genesis 3, the fall of man, Adam did not lead his family very well, and the family went astray. In Genesis four, we see the first murder, a sibling killing one another. Cain killed Abel. obviously a very dysfunctional family. Um, you know, already families are in trouble. In Genesis five, we go on to a genealogy of Adam to Noah, and of course, what are genealogies about, but they're about family. Amen? And, and, you know, if you just spend time reading genealogies, it's not super exciting. But when you think about what a genealogy represents, it represents family. Amen? And and the families apparently had gone astray. So in Genesis 6, we read about the account of the flood and Noah of his family. And uh, in Genesis chapter 6, if we can go ahead and begin reading. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. It says, When men began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them. The sons of man saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal, and his days will be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and were afterward. When the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great men's wickedness on earth had become and that every inclination of his thoughts of his heart were only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man in this earth and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and the birds of the air. For I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. You know, that's a great passage, isn't it? That Noah found favor, that he and his family, they found favor in the eyes of the Lord, even when everyone else was about to suffer probably a very challenging death because of their wickedness and because of their sin. We see that Noah, he and his family were able to withstand the very challenges that went all around them. And you go, man, if I'm going to have a favored family in this church, and if our church is going to be a favored church, a church that's really favored by God because we're really trying to build family and really trying to do it God's way, what will it take? What will it take to have a favored family in GLB in 2012? Genesis 1, or Genesis 6, verse 1 through 22 Well, it's going to kind of answer a lot of these questions, but I will say this. It's going to take a hunger for righteousness, a walk with God, and a heart to obey. And as you can see, that spells AAA, right? How many of you guys got your AAA cards? Okay, you got to have your AAA card. If you're going to be a family man, if you're going to really take care of the family, you got to get that AAA card. And, uh, you know, I got my AAA card right here. I got mine after I was driving a car that I had bought for maybe 500 bucks, and I thought, well, I got this great car. And I was going over to Dick G's house and uh, trying to get over there in this cool car. It was a sob, and so this is my sob story. And uh, I know, it's crazy, but it's true. And so my car died on the way, and Dick said, you got your AAA card. Now, as a father, you know, as a husband, you kind of want to go... Yeah, I got my AAA card. Everything's covered. But I didn't have my AAA card. I was caught unprepared. I didn't have the AAA card. And as we really are focusing in 2012 on really building ministry, and what I mean by that is, of course, in your own personal family, but also really building family of the campus and the singles with the marrieds and pulling in the teens and pulling in the MDs and pulling everyone in, you know, we really got to really make sure we got our AAA card ready to go at any time. Amen? We got to be ready to do whatever it takes to build family. I talked to the MDs about being grandparents for the college students. And uh, they were pretty excited about it. But when I think about this whole family thing and us really building family, it's really exciting to me. It really gets me excited. It really makes me want to do whatever it takes to really bring glory to God and His kingdom As we seek to build family. In Genesis 6 verse 9. It says uh, Noah was a righteous man. Blameless among the people of his time. And he walked with God. Noah had three sons. Shem, Ham and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. And it was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the world had become. For all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. And he goes on and he gives this whole you know, explanation, which I'll talk about in a minute. But he gives some very... Specific instruction. He says some very specific things about his family. First of all, what we see about Noah is that he was a righteous man. We see that he was a righteous man. And so when we think about being favored by God, one of the things that you got to have is a hunger for righteousness. you got to have a real passion and a real zeal. In, in, in 6 verse 9, it says... Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. In 7 verse 1, it says, The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. And when you think about your life and you go, what what does it really mean to be righteous? Really what it means is to do what's right in the eyes of God and men. And so what we see about in the eyes of men, he was blameless. He was blameless in the eyes of men. When people looked at his life and how he conducted himself and how he functioned as a man, they said, man, this guy is blameless. He is a blameless man. There is nothing in him that I can point to and say, you're discredited because of your life. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's pretty inspiring. I mean, you've got to think about your own life. If people were to look into your life and really come around you, could people really say, hey, you're blameless. You're righteous. And and it's one thing for men to say it, but then God says it about him two times. God says it about him two times. You're righteous. I find you to be righteous. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? When you think about really pleasing God and being a man of righteousness, Matthew 5, verse 6 says that we need to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And really that needs to be our passion. That needs to be our desire as men and women who are disciples. To really hunger and thirst for righteousness. In Psalm 3 verse 33. Excuse me. 3 verse 3. Proverbs. I said. Okay. I'm sorry. Proverbs 3. Man. What's going on with me? Psalms. So Proverbs. Proverbs 3 verse 33. Thank you. That's a good thing about having it up there. Remember the days when you didn't remember and nobody could help you? Proverbs <laughs> 3, verse 33. The Lord's curse is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. God wants to bless the home. Our own physical homes, but our, our spiritual family here. God wants to bless us because we're making right choices, doing the right thing. When nobody is looking in the eyes of God, but also in the eyes of men. Amen? And then I love this passage also in Psalms. You know, Psalms 111, about righteousness as well. And it says in Psalms 111, verse 13. Let's skip it, amen? (laughs) Next point. (laughs) Hey, let me just say, if you have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, it ensures that your family will be favored. Amen? Let's go to the next one. When you think about what was going on in that time, what you would see about the people is that they were filled with evil and that God was grieved. He made men, right? And he said, man, every inclination of their heart is only evil all the time. And he was like, man, I just, I can't handle this. It's so painful. It hurts me to see how their sin is hurting. And I wonder, when it comes to sin in our lives and in those around us as disciples, do you protest against sin? You know, this year, the Time magazine, you know, who was the person of the year? It was the protester. The protester, the man who stood up and said, look, this is not Right. This is not going to happen anymore. And all over the world, people were standing up, toppling governments because one person said, this is not right. And there was many protests all around the world. And when you think about that, you go, man, it's amazing how much one person can make a difference, isn't it? How one person standing up and saying, this is not right, can change nations. It can change the people all around you. And it really gives me this vision like man we can make a difference when we stand up for righteousness sake and really protest against Could you be here because of your protest against sin? Could your face be up there in the magazine? This person is times person of the year because they stood up and they said I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to do what's right when nobody's looking. I'm going to be pure. I'm going to be holy. I'm going to forgive the person who's hurt, who's hurt me in some way. I'm going to do whatever it takes, as far as it depends on me, to live at peace with everyone. Righteousness. Is that your passion? Is that your heart? If you want to find favor from God, it's got to become your heart. Second thing. In Genesis 6, verse 9. Again, he says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. You know, I love I love this passage. He walked with God. Who else in the Bible walked with God? Enoch. You know, the Bible says Enoch walked with God and then he was no more. And, And it was like it was right after he had kids, right? And so there's something about kids. They get you on your knees, they get you praying, they get you walking with God like nothing else. I can tell you, man, you get on your knees praying, crying out, God help me. Let's go for a walk. Let's talk. I need help. Maybe Shem, Ham, and Japheth were giving him a hard time. I don't know. But he walked with God. And that's what we see. Noah walked with God. You know, I love it when Dave was up here sharing in communion. He was saying, kind of one of his themes is, you know, basically returning to his first love. I go, man, that that fires me up when I see a person who just loves God. They just want to love God. And really, that's all that matters. And isn't that the greatest command, that we love God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind? I mean, what does it really mean to walk with God? We've got to think about that. We can think about it when we think about people. What does it mean to have a walk with a person? What do you do when you're taking a walk with a person? I mean, you have deep talks, right? You share things in your heart. But a walk with God ensures a relationship. You know, I took a walk. Uh, we went up to... Uh, you take this next one? I went on a walk with the, the Pelizzaris, and we were just kind of taking a, a hike. And we had this really incredible talk, just walking and talking. And i got to tell you, I, I came back from that walk just feeling really close. Like, I feel really close to Marco. I feel really endeared in our friendship. I feel like I want to be closer to him. Like, I want to spend more time with him. Like, I want to really just be around him. And that's a walk with another human being, Right? And you know how it is when you have these deep talks with your close friends. And you bear your heart and you share your weaknesses and you share the things you're going through. And I shared with them different weaknesses I felt like I have in my parenting. And different weaknesses I felt like in my need to be more even-tempered. And, and I shared with them my, my spiritual acronym for this year, which is uh, LEAP, okay, which is going to require a leap of faith. L, leading my family. E, even-tempered. A, advice before action. And P, Uh, prayer and planning. Amen? And so, those are the things that I'm focusing on. That's my prayer. That's my acronym. That's what I'm focusing on. But you know what? It just made me go, I I just, I want to spend more time with God after spending good time with a friend. Because you you feel the benefits. You understand what it means. And the same difference is when you don't walk with God, how do you feel? You feel insecure. You feel anxious. You feel uptight. You just don't feel connected. And so you go around and you do stupid things. I do, when I'm not spiritual, I do stupid things. I just, you know, you get anxious, you get nervous, and you do something dumb that you would never do. And you just go, why did I just do that? Because I didn't have a spiritual mindset. I just wasn't thinking about what was the best thing for me to do. And you, get, you just, sometimes you can get easily embarrassed by your stupidity, right? But a walk with God gives you security. It gives you confidence. It gives you it fills your heart. It meets your deepest needs that nothing else can meet. And it makes you feel you know, secure and confident, knowing that you feel close to God. And it makes you want to even get closer to Him. The closer you get, the closer you want to get. Amen? When you die one day, and you all will, could your tombstone say this? He or she walked with God. Could your tombstone just say, hey, wow, they walked with God. Spiritual person. As people share about you at your funeral, will they say, you know what, Brent, he walked with God. Will they say, Greg, he walked with God. Who wants to be next? You know, Anna, Anna, she walked with God. I mean, you just go, Sam, he walked with God, and you go, you know, it's just Elena Munoz, she walked with God. You know, you just go, yeah, I could go on and on and right, right, but she, but then you go, they walked with God. Will people be able to say that about you? But more importantly, will God say that about you? That's what was recorded by God about Noah. He walked with God. Number three, a heart to obey God. I want you to see this video real quick. gotta tell him to cut it short on that last part. That was a commercial for a company. But you look at that, you go, man, look at what Noah must have went through. Now, that's not accurate biblically. God, you know, fortunately allowed all the animals to come to him, okay? He didn't have to wrangle them down and wrestle them down and all those things, right? You know, it all was a lot easier. But imagine, you're, you're imagine you're that guy right there. You're Noah. And you realize you just killed a mosquito. You know, if you're me, you're going... Get it. You know, you know, I don't like mosquitoes anyways. I grew up in Minnesota where mosquitoes were the Minnesota state bird. And, you know, so I, I'm just like, I don't even want mosquitoes around. I would, have, I would have said, well, you know what? God forgive me on this one. I'm going to just have to disobey. I'm just not going to be able to do this. But think about this, and I want you to read this, because this is bizarre to me. About his meticulous. Desire to obey God and to do things the way God commanded him to do it. In Genesis 6, verse 14, God says, So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, And 45 feet high. Make a room for it and finish the ark within 18 inches of the top. Put a door on the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under heaven and every creature that the earth and life has in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons and wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal.